0: Fans, you hear us talk about it a lot, but the Competitive Mindset Podcast with Billy Kegler is absolutely rolling. Coach Kegler was a former guest on the Greatest Games Podcast, so check out the Competitive Mindset Podcast wherever you find your podcast and on social media at Competitive Pod. And if you haven't done it already, check out teachhoops.com slash 816basketball for incredible coaching resources from the great Steve Collins. Again, teachhoops.com slash 816basketball. And you can still donate to our boy Takuma Letsum and his fight against ALS. If you go to our Twitter page, at 816basketball, you'll find a pinned tweet there with all information about his fight with ALS. Again, at 816basketball on Twitter. Enjoy today's episode. Hello and welcome to the Greatest Games Podcast brought to you by 816 Basketball. I'm one of your hosts, Brian
1: Rosefield, I'm joined by my co-host, Chris de Blasio. Thank you, Brian. Pleasure to be here on the Greatest Games Podcast. A chance for us to catch up with coaches around the country and have them tell us about their greatest game. As always, it can be their time as a head coach, an assistant coach, a high school coach, a men's coach, a women's coach, even if they maybe won a national championship.
0: That's right. That's right. We're going to learn more about that one uh, in this episode here. Uh, they also may be in Jersey city, New Jersey. And I, we were talking before the show here in our pre-show chatter, the, the legendary pre-show chatter, as it were, Chris de Blasio and I uh, was telling coach that, uh, I'm always excited to have another guest from New Jersey. I get to learn about uh, New Jersey basketball. I feel like I'm pretty well-versed in South Carolina basketball. But today, again, we're going to Jersey City, New Jersey, the St. Peter's Peacocks women's basketball coach, Coach Mark Mitchell. Welcome to
2: the podcast. Thanks, guys. Thanks, Brian. Thanks, Chris. Thank you so much for having me on. This is uh, definitely an honor and and a pleasure. Coach, now, I think
1: Brian said something wrong. The women's teams at St. Peter's are not the Peacocks. Am I
2: correct? No, no, we are, we're actually the Peacocks. They used to be the, uh, the Peacocks. The yes. Yes. And then I don't know what year it changed, uh, but uh, everyone's the Peacock. We're, we're the Peacocks. So, uh, you know, women's basketball Peacocks.
0: And you have one of the all-time legendary – whoever's doing your social media up there, they need to get a raise. They're unbelievable, active right now, even in the summertime. We're recording this on June the 13th. But a great hashtag, in my opinion. Hashtag strut up. Strut I up. It. I love it. I love it.
1: Yeah, uh, Brian, before we get in with Coach Mitchell, we to got a trivia question right off the top.
0: All right. Uh, let me go ahead and miss this right off the bat here. Nah, miss- it's a
1: layup. What de Blasio went to St. Peter's University?
0: Oh, geez. I I, I don't know. Uh, well, we know it's not you. We know it's not. Uh, I'm going to go with with the great Ron de Blasio.
1: You are correct. Okay. Ron de Blasio, fine graduate of St. Peter's University, Harvard on the Hudson. OK, good. As I like to call it back in his day. <laughs> coach, why don't you tell us a little bit about your coaching journey and how you got to where you are now today as the, as the head women's coach there at St. Peter's?
2: Yes. Uh, so I started, you know, uh, I was t- I was a school teacher the uh, city of Newark and became a school teacher in the city of Elizabeth New Jersey uh, and I always wanted to get into coaching coaching has been a passion of mine since I was a young young kid um, uh, so I was working out of middle school uh, here in Elizabeth New Jersey and um, I used to talk to the the head boys the boys uh, basketball coach coach Luby uh, and he was a gym teacher there and and then out of a blue, one day I get a call from the high school coach saying, hey, I need somebody to coach my eighth grade team. And I was like, yeah, I'm, absolutely. I'm all in. You know, it was, it was Coach Firestone. He was a girls coach. He, he wanted me to coach the eighth grade girls team. So I was like, <laughs> yeah, sure. You know, I'm like, sure, I'll, I'll, I'll coach the girls team. And I started coaching the girls team, you know, eighth grade and um, Firestone uh he retired and he he recommended me for the head job at the high school varsity because in Elizabeth we had we had uh, back then we had eight middle schools and uh, you know I I coached one of his you know one of the eighth grade teams and I I brought him over to one of his practices and he's like coach what like what are you doing here? Yeah I was like uh you know I just brought my team over, you know, to watch your practice because I want to know what you're running so I can try to simulate some of that stuff that you run because when they're done with me, they're gonna come play for you. So they need to be prepared. And He said, "Coach, I've been I've been coaching in this district for thirty years, and and no middle school coach has ever done that. Uh, so I, you know, I stood out to him. So I got the head job at, at Elizabeth High. I coached there for a few years at Elizabeth High School. Uh, left there, uh, took a year off. I got I got a job, an uh, assistant job at NJC NJCU uh, as an assistant coach, uh, recruiting coordinator." Um, I was there for one year. Uh, left there. Uh, I went to see my my college coach, uh, Coach Mark Carino. Who was uh, He was the head coach at Caldwell College, which is Caldwell University now. Um, I went to see him. He introduced me to the women's coach there. Uh, I actually was going to take a assistant at King University, uh, but I met uh, Linda Semino at Caldwell, and she offered me the job right on the spot. She said, "You know, I need I need an assistant." So I went home, spoke to my wife, went back, said, "Yeah, I'll take the job," which was the best decision of my life. Uh, Linda Seminole really taught me what it was like to be a college coach, um, and and what it need what you need to be a college coach, uh, you know. So I took that job, and then at the end of the at the end of our our season, I was only there one year. And at the end of the season, we're at the All Metropolitan dinner. Uh, we had a player who was being honored, Mackenzie Lynch. Uh she was being honored. So uh Coach seminole she leans over to me at dinner and she says, uh, you need to get a new job. You gotta you should be a head coach. I said, Are you are you firing me? <laughs> She's like, No, no, but like you're really good. Like like you really should be a head coach. I'm gonna help you become a head coach. Uh uh, she knew somebody at FDU Florham. Um I introduced myself to the AD at FDU Florham, Bill Clicker. Uh, and then, you know, they, they called me up for an interview. I got the job. Uh, I, I was fortunate to get the job. I think two other people were offered the job and they turned it down because it didn't pay enough. Um, and, uh, you know, when, I took the, when they offered me the job, I just said, yeah, I'll take the job. I had no idea how much it paid. Uh, it didn't matter. I just wanted to, I wanted to be the head coach. I, I knew the history of FDU Florham uh, women's basketball. I know it didn't really have much of a tradition. tradition. And I wanted to uh, do something that's never been done. I'm really big on uh, being first at things. Uh, so uh, I got the job, and you know, the the women's program at FDU Florum had never, ever uh, been to the NCA tournament. Had never ever uh, won their conference tournament uh, in in the history of FDU Florum. So in my uh, in my my you know fourth year. Uh, uh 2013 was my fourth year and we won the conference championship for the first time in school history uh and uh, we lost the first round of the playoffs Having mean the term ncaa tournament uh down at uh at catholic university we played widener and we lost lost that game and the next year you know everybody was pissed off <laughs> like that we lost uh and and the next year like the girls were working real hard in the summer I uh, had a really great recruit come in, Alyssa McDonough. She was a freshman. I had a transfer come in, Montclair State, uh, Ooh, coach, Brown. Don't,
1: don't don't ruin the greatest game yet. We're not at the greatest game. Okay, yet. okay, no, no,
2: no. <laughs> uh, but but uh, uh, I had a, a recruit come in uh, uh, from uh, Montclair State. Uh, she transferred in, Chalette Brown, who uh, was with. The, she was the NJAC Rookie of the Year her freshman year. So I got her sophomore year and. Uh, and she turned like, I mean, she turned out to be a WBCA All-American. Uh, I had a young lady, Kyra Dayan, was a WBCA All-American, D3 Hoops All-American. Uh, Alyssa McDonough became an All-American. Uh, I mean, you know, uh, Jalissa Lewis was our point guard. We, you know, so, you know, it was, it's just been a great journey. There's um, uh, some some great things at St. Peter's, so I don't want to ruin anything. I did, I did some great things at FDU Forum and, and, and I was fortunate enough to get the job at St. Peter's. Um, the athletic director, uh, Brian Felt, hired me. Uh, he's now the athletic director at Seton Hall, uh, and the vice president uh, of the university, Anthony Skavakis, who's now down at Towson University. So they both, the, the two gentlemen that hired me are, are no longer there at St. Peter's. Uh, so they've moved on, but I got the job at St. Peter's. I know the history of St. Peter's. You know, Mike Grinelli was a great coach there. Uh, for the women's team, uh, Hall of Famer at uh, uh, at St. Peter's. Uh, he used to have team camp, when I was the head coach at Elizabeth High, had my team in, in team camp at, at St. Peter's University. So very familiar with that. Um, uh, the program at St. Peter's has pretty much been dormant uh, for the past 20 years or so. Um, Brian hired me, uh, came in with a you know great work ethic and myself, my staff, and we just had to change the culture and the, the mindset and the way that people think Um, uh, we had some kids transfer out. We just kept grinding and, and, um, uh, this past season just been my third year. Um, uh, we were preseason picked ninth (laughs) in, in the MAC conference. And, uh, we ended up third in this COVID year. And, and, uh, you know, we didn't even have a home gym this year. We had, our gym was being renovated. So we, we practiced down at Marist high school in Bayonne, and had our home games at NJCU. So, you know, with six freshmen on the team. Like, so we we did some some great things. We got to the conference championship this year. Um, and lost, we lost to Maris, uh, Maris College. Um uh but we got to the conference championship, and that's the first time in in, in 19 years. Um, I was uh, awarded uh co-coach of the year. Um, so I'm the only, you know, I I haven't been yeah, St. Peter's haven't had coach of the year since 1999. Mike Rinelli was the last coach of the year in 1999 for the MAC conference. So uh, real proud of uh, some of the things that we have accomplished uh, in a short period of time. I mean, you know, you know, I think my record speaks for itself. Uh, you know, you look at FDU Florham history uh, before Coach Mitchell, you look at the U Florham history with Coach Mitchell, and then you look at FDU Florham after Coach Mitchell. And now You look at St. Peter's, what they've done in the past 20 years, you know, prior to Coach Mitchell and and now and now look at where the program is and and how it's ascending.
1: That's uh, that's some journey, coach, uh, working your way up from being a girls uh, middle school coach. But, Brian, I just wanted to make sure we got through. We we are going through the litany of New Jersey schools again. He mentioned Caldwell University. We had uh, Coach Joe Scott, who's been an assistant coach there for a long time. Uh, he mentioned Kane University that he almost took a job at where Coach Hamburger was a head coach right. for a while. That's right. had on the podcast. Uh, what else did he mention? We have not had anybody from NJCU with a connection to there. Uh, you got to get Mark Brown. You got to get Mark Brown
2: on here and Pat Devaney. But he, but he
1: also mentioned the NJAC conference, the Division three conference here in New Jersey, where we've had Coach on a few weeks ago from Rutgers Newark. And then on the men's side, we've had uh, Chuck McBreen – from ramapo college and his assistant pat gabriel from ramapo college so we are blanketing the new jersey college basketball scene
0: no doubt about it i'm so glad you're here to to regale all of that for me (laughs) Uh, very helpful very helpful all right so coach you know i want to i want to go back to those days (laughs) that you were a middle school and a high school coach and now as you are a college coach. We, he was, Chris and I have a lot of friends that are uh, still working their ways up in, into college basketball, and they've never been a head coach before at any level, and it's no disrespect to them. It's just I'm just interested to now hear about how did that experience as a high school coach, albeit with different talent level and different skill levels of players, how is that now helping you as a head coach at the
2: college level? Well, it's, it's really about managing people and understanding people and caring about people, um, putting people in the best positions to be successful. And I'm not talking about just your players, uh, assistant coaches as well, uh, managers. Um, you want everybody to be in the best position for to to make the program better and uh, and individually grow as well. So, um, you know, I, I, when I first, and you know, I took over a middle school job and. I, you know, I just kept the girls together and showed a lot of love to them. And, and when I was fortunate enough to get the high school job, um, uh, we really just really just try to, you know, build the program through, you know, all the young ladies, uh, in the city of Elizabeth, you know, Elizabeth is a really big city, uh, big, you know, a lot of population here. So, uh, we just wanted to build that program, but it's really about managing people and, and, and if you do things the right way and, and you do things for the right reasons. I think good things happen to, to those type of people.
1: Well, Coach, that, that leads me right into what was going to be my question. Maybe you sort of answered it already, but uh, we send out an email to all the coaches we have on. And they give us some stuff. And uh, I'm not putting you in the grave yet, Coach. You're a young man, but I think if I were you, I'd want this put on my tombstone. You said, I am really passionate about doing things the right way. No shortcuts, no politics. Just simply helping young people trying to reach their p- full potential.
2: Correct. Right. Yeah. I mean, what, why else, like, why else are we doing this? Um, it's, you know, I'm a, I'm really a grassroots kind of guy. You know what I mean? I'm, I'm a city guy. I worked, I worked in the city, you know, a middle school kid, you know, middle school coach, high school uh, recreation ball. I, I've coached uh, in, in the city, you know, I'm just about helping people. Try to, try, try to reach their full potential and respecting the game at the same time. Like, you know, I don't believe in any shortcuts and, and taking the easy way out. I, I don't think life is going to allow us to do that. So I think I'm doing a disservice to, to young people if I allow them to skate. And, you know, and I tell everybody all the time, you know, everything that I've, that I've gotten, I've earned. Uh, no one's given me anything. I had to work for it. And I try to instill that in, in, in young people. And I think they become better, better human beings for it. And I think society becomes better uh, when we have more people like that in the society.
0: Well, Chris can probably tell you where I'm going next here, coach. Where did that come from for you? Because I love what you're saying. We, we've talked on this podcast. We, obviously we're going to get to the greatest game. We love talking about basketball, but, I'm always I'm a high school athletic director here in South Carolina as I've mentioned before uh always trying to do the best for kids and trying to get coaches to do the best for kids and not let like you said not let them skate by not looking the other way when they're not doing the right thing so where did that come from for you
2: I, I, I think it's my my um my environment my my upbringing um like I said I'm I'm just a regular city kid uh you know, I, I grew up in the streets of North New Jersey and in, in Irvington, New Jersey, uh, where, you know, for particularly a young Black man, things are, things are difficult. Um, and uh, I just felt like uh, uh, we, we, we never catch, we never get a break. So instead of looking for catching a break, why don't we just grind? Why don't we just work? Why don't we just do things the correct way? Uh, and if you show that to other people, I think everybody, everybody benefits from it. Like you just work in and, you know, you know, there's just no BS. If you're not BSing kids and you don't BS yourself, like you, you just go and work. And I, I think that that helps the entire society. And that's just my opinion. That's where it comes from.
1: It's Your opinion is not wrong. Your opinion is a hundred percent. Right. Uh, just to keep harping on this. <laughs> Um, because it's a great theme. You talk about growing up on the streets of Newark and Irvington and and people that know that area know, like you said, it's a tough area for a young black man. Um, Were there any specific mentors that helped you when you were young? Uh, Maybe your high school coach or a middle school coach or someone at the YMCA, someone like that, that really helped you to to frame who you are as a
2: person? No, actually, actually, I'm gonna say no to that, uh, but w- where it turned for me, uh, to be quite frank with you, was after I graduated high school, and uh, I, I say that loosely because I, I barely got out. <laughs> but uh, uh, but it happened right after after high school, I was playing in some some recreation league basketball, and um, and uh, someone said, "Hey, you you know." You ever play college, you, you think about playing college? Nah, I never even thought about college. I was just in the streets, you know what I mean? So, uh, you know, I was I, I, fortunate enough to, to hook up with Coach Carino at, at, at Bloomfield. He was at Bloomfield College at the time. Uh, you know, I went in as a walk on and, and you know, and uh, just listened to some of the lessons he said. And I don't know, I don't know, that's 35 years ago or, or so for me. Uh, and one thing Ms. Carino said, he said, you got to do all the little things. He said, little things adds up to big wins or big losses, but you got to do all the little things and you got to do the little things in life. So that kind of stuck with me. And then I met uh, one of my professors when I left Bloomfield, I was at Bloomfield for one year and I left there and went to Essex County College. And one of my professors, uh, Linworth Gunther, uh, 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 a history professor. Um, he he really influenced me to do to start thinking and and and, and doing things uh, the right way and and so it was kind of a combination of Coach Carino uh, and, and Dr. Gunther.
0: Coach, you, you take me back to let's see, it was episode actually 100 with the legendary George Glimp. He's a South Carolina legend. He's well, he was the first NBA director of player development, uh, followed uh, Jermaine O'Neill mm-hmm. to, to the NBA. Um, but we had the great fortune of being able to coach with him at Ridgeview when I was coaching, and he was that was his thing little things, do the little things, do the little things. And I was talking with a, uh, a guy that's coaching with us right now the other day. And then, well, after watching our kids play and I said, what'd you see? And I, I've learned enough to know like, Hey, I, as an AD. I'm not going to give my opinion unless it's asked for, but I asked them, I said, what'd you see? And he said, well, we're not doing the little things very well. The little things right now, it's summertime basketball and we've got a long way to go, but I, I'm, I'm with you on all that. Just the little things they add up to uh, to, to big wins, which, which honestly that's, Let's go to the segue here to your greatest games from the streets of Newark to a national championship game. So take us into the arena. Tell us about this journey uh, for your well, greatest game.
2: We won. We won a, a, the 2014 Division Three National Championship. Um, it's, it's exciting time. Uh, I, I remember when I when I was interviewing for the job. I you know the AD Bill Clicker and and the associate AD Roger Kendall. You know, I said, after they hired me, I said, listen, I want a national championship here. So Roger laughs at me and he, he says, uh, easy coach. Just we just went, just went a few games. We're in the Pennsylvania league. It's hard. So I had a vision of, 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 of winning. It. And uh, once we got to 2014, you know, we had a great class come in and um, the, the, the regular season was like, like I said, the year before that, we won the conference championship for the first time. And then we go into, then we lost the NCAA tournament first round. So then the whole summer, everybody was really focused. We got some great players to come in. Uh, and then the next year, everybody was just really sharp and on point and focused. And all of the young ladies were together with each other. And we went through the regular season. We were winning games like 20, 25 points a game, 30 points a game. And, um, so we, we started getting ranked nationally and then, uh, we had a tournament out in Puerto Rico, um, for a Christmas tourna- tournament And the director of the of the tournament says, Hey, I hear Montclair state's the best team in, in the state of New Jersey. And I said, yeah, I hear that too. And I, I tell my team that, so they get all mad. Like and, and Montclair state happened to be in a, in a different tournament in Puerto Rico at the same time. And, uh, you know, so it was kind of like, a whatever, like we, you know, we wanted to, we actually wanted to see them. And the basketball guys worked out where we saw Montclair state in the elite eight game and we beat them by 20. Um, and then we get to, you know, final four, uh, out in Wisconsin and the greatest game, man, we played against a great team. And, uh, uh so like they had an all American Heather Johns we had, Kyra Dayan and, and Shalette Brown. And, and, you know, the game was tremendous. It was a great atmosphere. Jim was packed. Uh, you know, and we got down early in the game. Uh, we just couldn't score. Kyra just kept scoring for it. Like she was, she scored, like, probably the first 12 or 14 points that we had. Um, and then we started get it, getting it going, and defensively, we started locking down. And I think we went into halftime down one. And I and I remember being in the back hallway, like, yo, we're gonna win this. Don't worry about it. We got it. And like everybody can hear me. And um, so like we come out in the second half, and Alyssa gets an end one like right away, and we just start rolling. And uh, we went through a stretch. I think we went on a nine nothing run in the second half, and we really locked them down. Uh, uh, they're all American fouled out, and like Kyra takes a charge on her fifth foul, and I like. Like my all-American takes charges, you know. Uh, so we were really, really excited. Uh, it was, it was great. It was great for the state of New Jersey. Um, uh, we're the only only school. I'm the only coach in the state of New Jersey. Only school in the state of New Jersey to have a national championship, men or women, Division One, two or three. So, you know, uh, you know, when you talk Jersey basketball, you know, and, you know, obviously. C. Vivian Stringer is a is a legend here. I mean, an idol, somebody I look up to. But I'm like, listen, when you're talking Jersey basketball, you know, I think Mark Mitchell's name should be in the conversation at all times.
1: That's uh that's great. Uh C Vivian Stringer has a lot of wins, a couple of final fours, but you're right, not a national championship. I like that. Put her in her place. No, I'm just... no, she's she's no, she's, she's somebody out. I look up to for sure. A good buddy of mine worked for her for a lot of years, the manager and then director of operations with her. So uh, mm-hmm. I've known Coach Stringer a long time. Uh, Coach, again, in the report you sent us, you talking about this game, you were down at half yeah. uh, a little bit, and you go on a nine-zero run at one point. Your your best player, or your all-American, takes a charge. Coach Rosefield, he might have passed out from excitement when you said that. So I don't know if we're going to get him back. Yep. <laughs> uh, <laughs> but you wrote my point guard Alisa, Jalessa, J-
2: Jalessa Lewis,
1: Jalessa Lewis was spectacular all night. We wouldn't have won without her leadership and courage. I love yes. those two words. Can you explain her leadership and her courage, not just throughout the year, but in that game and what that meant or what that means?
2: Well, well, well the great thing about, uh, you know, we, we call her Ja uh, Jalessa is, uh, uh, she actually was a grad student. She she graduated and she wasn't sure if she was going to come back for grad school or not. But she made that decision to come back for grad school and thank God she did it. Um, uh, the team, the team was really her team. Uh, everybody looked to her um, on and off the court. Uh, she really groomed McDonald, who was a freshman that year. Um, and Jalissa, she... She really kept us in the game. Like she just orchestrated everything. She defended best perimeter player all the time. She disrupted. She was disruptive defensively. She set the table for, for Kyra and Kara and Leanne and Rachel and they, like she just set the table for everyone. And she goes up for a, a play and and um, she gets hurt during the game during the championship game. Like she hurts her hip, and so she has to come out. And everybody's looking at her, trainers working with her trainer, our trainer, uh, Kim was working with her and she, she finally gets better. And she, you know, she just, she just gets up and says, Hey, you know, I'm ready. Like, I'm ready to go. I'm like, all right, let's get back in. And she's limping around, but she fights through it. And she had that type of courage to come back. I mean, she was really injured. It wasn't just something really happened with her hip and she came back and she led us in scoring a uh, free throw percentage. Like she was fantastic. Uh, and just made all the right decisions. And, and when she came back in, it was like everybody lived, you know, had another boost once they saw her get up and get, go to the scores table. So um, she was a phenomenal young lady, phenomenal.
0: Coach, take me back to the first practice, I'm assuming sometime around October back in 2014 back then. Um, as you're leading, you're, you're walking into practice, you see girls warming up, looking around, do you look at that that group and say you know what I, we might be able to run the table here we might go 33 and 0 uh what was the what was the feeling right there early early season
2: october 15th <laughs> uh but but to to be quite honest with you i knew sometime in july uh that we were going to win the national championship i don't i didn't see 33 and 0 but i knew we were going to win the national championship it was uh it was like one night, it was like 10:30 at night or something like that. I get a text message from uh, Kyra and Kara, twins' uh, brother, showing me they're working out in a some little gym in Trenton, New Jersey, and and it said we're they said that it said national championship, and it, and you see them, you know, little clip like 35 seconds of them working out in a gym, and I said we're gonna win, you know. Um, I, I felt like Rachel Groom was our you know our center and our, our, our post and she felt like she was as good as anybody in the country um we had to brown come over from 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 montclair state and she was in jack rookie of the year i said you know so we had a team meeting before practice uh in october and and i said to the team i said what are what are our team goals this year what's the team goal this year so one of my players raised her hand uh, melissa de haas she says we're going to win the conference again, coach. I said, slow down. You're thinking too small. I said, I said, look over here. I said, we got the best player in the country. I was prior. I said, we got, we got a, a, a potential All-American right here in that chalet. I said, we got the best point guard, you know, in, in my opinion, in, in the country, Jalissa Lewis. I said, we got Rachel. I said, we got Leanne, best three-point shooter in FDU's history. Like, why would you say just, just the conference tournament? We've done that already. So somebody's like, Yo, I we're gonna win it all, coach. And I said, no, I said, Yeah, we're gonna win it all. And I would say that to them daily. So that was right before practice on October 15th. And um I, you know, just the the level of focus, the focus that these young ladies had, you can't you could can bottle it, man. Uh, it's, it's speechless. It's, it was amazing. And, and we all like, I knew it. Like I knew it from day one. I said, nobody, nobody, nobody's going to beat us.
0: So real, real quick before Chris asks his question, but I, I in the recruiting process, I know you have a transfer coming in. Are you looking for some of those character traits to say, uh, "I'm going to have some girls that are going to be doing late night workouts and send me videos"? That that type of girl. You know what? What were you really looking for? I guess when you were forming this team.
2: Yeah, I was. I was kind of looking for kids. Uh, would try to have the, kind of have the same mind as myself. Um, uh, I, 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 I'm totally different outside of basketball. I'm like silly. Joking, I laugh a lot. I crack jokes, but when it comes down to inside the gym, inside those lines, I'm I'm really about business. I'm intense, uh, and I was looking. I'm looking for those kind of kids. So I had some kids from Trenton Trenton High School who played for Coach Murray in Trenton High School. Kara, Kyra Dayan, Quanisha uh, Harris, uh, Robin Peoples. They played for Coach Murray at, at Trenton High School, and Coach Murray is a nut. Like he's crazy, so I go to one of their practices when they were in high school, and and um, I'm seeing them running bleachers. I mean, their bleachers used to be uh, made of cement, and they're just running the the bleacher. And Coach Murray is tough one. I said, if they can get through Coach Murray, I'm a piece of cake, <laughs> like like that. You know, <laughs> so they were so mentally tough. I look for mentally toughs and. And that whole group of kids, Leanne Lively, Rachel Brown, like they all were. They all were so, so mentally tough. And those are the type of uh, young ladies we look for.
1: Well, uh, Brian. First of all, we haven't mentioned uh, they went thirty-three and zero. Not only did they win the national championship, they didn't lose a game. Okay, that's, right. that's that's extra impressive when winning a national championship. Not only is the only the only national championship winning coach in the history of the state of New Jersey he's also the only national championship coach ever to be on the greatest games podcast. Oh, wow. that is true. That is <laughs> as a head coach, as a head, I was just scrolling through. I know some people won national championships as assistant coaches that we've had on like coach Stoneman up at uh, when he was up at Oak Hill, That's right. won the national championship as assistant coach, uh, coach Fogler as an assistant coach, uh, coach Doherty, maybe as an assistant coach. Uh, but this is the first head coach to win the national championships. Coach, you talk about that team and the goals at the beginning of the season, and you would tell it to them every day. I'm going to ask this. It's going to sound wrong the way I ask it. Did you feel like sometimes you didn't even need to coach that team because they were so mentally – not only because they were so talented, but because of the mental toughness and the leadership that they did more of the coaching than you almost, if that makes sense. Yeah, I mean, there there were definitely
2: times where – I could just I could just say something, and then they 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 click, and then I could sit back. You know it, you know J- Jalissa was really 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 serious about that season. Like she was like, I'm never playing basketball again. This is it for me, and she just wouldn't allow. For the most part, she just wouldn't allow things to go awry. You know what I mean? Uh, so. There were definitely times because they were so mentally tough. Uh, they were – everybody was really pissed off from losing the year before the uh, first round of the NCAA tournament. Um, uh, everybody was so sick and tired of hearing Montclair State. Everybody heard Montclair State. It Montclair, 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 you know, and the players from Montclair State, you know, they would get all the recognition, and D3 hoops would <laughs> blow them up and and and, and – so my kids were like, okay, <laughs> like they just had that inside of them, and I have that inside of me. I'm the same way, you know. So uh, I, I would just sit back sometimes. I could see I could see them say something to each other during a game if things got a little, and then boom, we're off on a twelve nothing run, and there's nothing you can do about it. Like, and and, and it really came from the, uh, the mental preparation, uh, what these young ladies in, in, in practice for sure.
0: Coach, you, you mentioned that you like to have fun. Um, so we're going to end on a fun question here. Uh Um, With our podcast. So you've coached for a long time. you had a lot of teams. If we asked maybe those girls that played for you during that eighth grade year, those high school girls, um, or that this, your most recent team, or even this national championship 33-0 and team, what would be the one thing that they would say that you say – over and over and over again as a coach, and maybe one other way to think about it would be when they all do their Mark Mitchell impression, which you know they always do. What would be <laughs> that statement that they would say that coaches uh, are always saying?
2: Wow, uh, uh, yeah. Either one or two things, because our 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 motto is as one. So I'm always saying as one. Uh, the other thing I always would say is be great. Don't don't be good. Be great. So I think, yeah, they always say, yeah, he says, be great, <laughs> be great, be great. I'm always saying, be great. Don't be good.
0: I like it. I like it. Well, Coach, you you, you definitely, you know, doing, doing these podcasts, are, it's a real hoot for me and, and, and for Chris, too, I'm sure. But uh, just to be able to get to know you for the last 40 minutes, 45 minutes or so, I can tell that, that you uh, exude that just be greatness and um, maybe maybe some other time we can have you back because I'd love to hear more about uh, that attitude that you brought to that, that folks saw in you like you need to be a head coach you need to be a head coach so we'll do that maybe another time or we'll hang out but next time I'm up in New Jersey because I want to know more about that yeah. but we can't thank you enough for coming on the show this has been a lot of fun to get to know you uh,
2: Brian, Chris thank you so much for having me I really appreciate it uh, let me tell my story and Uh, uh, I would love to come back on anytime you have my number. You can call me anytime, text me anytime. Uh, uh, Just really appreciate it. It's really about the young people growing.
1: Yes, absolutely. Absolutely. Well, Coach Mitchell, we want to thank you once again for coming on the episode. Uh, For my co-host, Brian Rosefield, I am Chris Blasio, and you've been listening to this episode of The Greatest Games.
2: Thank you, gentlemen.
0: The great Bruce Hamburger returns in this week's episode of the Greatest Games Podcast to tell us about his current situation, and we take a deep dive into the business of college basketball. This is an excellent episode. We can't wait to get to it. But before we get there, a couple of reminders. Check out the Competitive Mindset Podcast wherever you find your podcast. Billy Kegler, a former guest on the Greatest Games Podcast, has that podcast. Again, the Competitive Mindset Podcast It is an excellent, excellent listen. Billy, keep up the great work over there. And if you haven't done it already, check out teachhoops.com slash 816basketball for incredible coaching resources from the incredible Steve Collins. And you can still donate to our boy, Takuma Letzum during his fight with ALS. If you visit our Twitter page, at 816basketball, you will find a pinned tweet there with more information on how you can donate and help Tack in his fight. Enjoy this episode with the great Bruce Hamburger.